Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, um, so let's um, start by saying the third step prayer. I'm going to, you can feel free to join me if you wish. God, grant God. I offer myself I offer to myself thee. To thee. To build with me and to do with me as you will. Relieve me in the body of myself. Take away my difficulties. Take away my so again, I'm Kathy. I'm a sexaholic from Oregon in the U.S. Uh, my sobriety date is March 4th, 2009, and I've been a part of SA since January 07. The nature of my addiction is continual and compulsive fantasy and masturbation, both to the point of being out of reality, including while driving, flirting, objectification, emotional affairs, porn, using common objects for unintended purposes, mental voyeurism, and my drug of choice is pastors or spiritual leadership. And first of all, I will be speaking on my opinion based on my experiences, because I can only share my experience, strength, and hope. There are many opinions out there, and mine is only one of them. And I'm going to talk about sponsorship, um, both from the side of being a sponsee and being a sponsor. as well as a little bit on how to find a sponsor. Um, And during my essay time, I have had six different sponsors, including one of them I've had twice, and more on that later. Um, I have had sponsees off and on since my second year in essay, and currently I have three sponsees from three different countries all outside the U.S. Um, How to find a sponsor? I know this is basic stuff, but it's worth saying um, whether you realize it or not. So first of all is find someone who's sober, preferably at least a year. Find someone who has their own sponsor. Find someone who is further along in the steps than you. Find someone who has what you want. Uh, Preferably someone from your own gender. And I do, um, of course, I'll be speaking from a woman experience. but I, have, I do know women who have successfully had a male sponsor, um, including one of my sponsors along the way actually had a male sponsor. Um, and it was uh, in that situation, her husband's also an SA, and they both knew the couple on the other side as well, so it was all above board. Um, I personally could never have a male sponsor, but I know that has worked for a few people along the way. Um, also, ask your potential sponsors personally, meaning ask them directly, email, text, call, or call to get a set up time. 
Um, I know many people do a mass email or a mass text or um, that I prefer, and it's my opinion, to do it one person at a time. Um, and I realize the sisters list is no longer in existence um, because it used to be you could call down a phone list or a contact list. I know the brothers list is existing, I'm pretty sure. Um, and oh, years ago, before the sisters list, list, I actually managed the worldwide women's list. And I told people on a regular basis, oh, to find a sponsor, you call down a list. Well, at one time, um, I lost my sponsor unexpectedly, and I thought, oh, great, I need to take my own suggestions, call down the list. Um, and since I kept up the list, I talked to many of them personally, and that kind of scared me. Um, but I did my own suggestion, called down the list, and I did find a sponsor. Um, and I know on the WhatsApp list, uh, it's not really a phone list, but technically, um, if you look at the group of members, you have access to everybody's contact information on there. Um, and that's one way to look for numbers too, or to listen to what people say and, oh, I want what they have. Um, and I was, I was grateful to find my new sponsor. It was only a couple people down the list too. And something to write in my God book. Um, I have a God book uh, for things, great things that happen because I want to remember the negative and not the positive. And so whenever I forget what's going on, it's like, oh, they're having good things in my life. Wow. And and every time I find a sponsor, I write that in my God book. Um, even ask potential sponsors, even if you think they're unable to sponsor or they don't have room for you. Um, the worst that can happen is they say no. Um, I've actually found sponsors that way. And I myself say I'm not available on a sister's list when it existed. But if someone reaches out to me personally, um, I might actually consider that. Um, and even if a person is still not available, you can still use that phone call to get some of their experience, strength, and hope. And also, if they say no, there's no reason to be upset because now you have another phone number to call and check in with who has experience, strength, and hope. And, um, and also, when you don't have a sponsor, feel free to call those with experience and ask for them to be your sponsor for that phone call. And that way, you're getting sponsorship and building a network at the same time. Uh, pray for your future sponsor and ask God for direction. Um, at one point, um, I made a deal with God that I would ask any woman at a convention who was further along in the steps than me, regardless of what I thought of the situation, if I thought she would be a good sponsor or if I thought she'd be available, I just asked regardless. And I got turned down several times, but eventually I met my current sponsor at a Saturday morning meeting. She came up to me because she liked my share, and I found out she was further along in the steps, and she ended up being my sponsor at that time. And if I wasn't willing to surrender my choice, I may never have found her. Something else to write in my God book. If you're willing to do the work to find a sponsor, including surrendering your finding a sponsor to God, you will find a sponsor. And don't give up. At one point, it took me two or three months of asking and asking. But at the right time, the perfect sponsor for me came along. I have never not found a sponsor. And for me, a sponsor is extremely important, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get one even asking women who scare me. And my experience is every sponsor I've had, they've previously scared me. It's like, oh no, not them, God. <laughs> no, I, it's like they might actually tell me to do work um, and they, they're good at calling me on my stuff or whatever. Um, but that's a sign to me that they'll make a good sponsor. Um, and again, I'm, and then when you do get a sponsor, I pray for my sponsor. And I also have um, a list of former sponsors I pray for as well. 
um, being a sponsee, um, it's going to kind of sponsee and sponsor going to kind of intertwine a little bit along the way here. Um, when I get when I get to talk to somebody about being their sponsor, the first thing I ask is, "Do you want SA recovery?" And I've been amazed recently, especially of because um, a question I ask too is, "Tell me what SA sobriety definition is." And I'm amazed at how many times they cannot tell me that. And then when I do, it's like, well, I don't know if I want that. Okay, that's fine. Um, then I'm not going to be your sponsor or even um, consider being your sponsor until you know that's what you want. I'm more than willing to take their calls and help them as they decide. But until they want SA recovery, according to SA's definition, I will not agree to be their sponsor. And I'm seriously amazed at how many times that happens. Um, so it's a very good question to ask and, you know, ask, you know, before asking for a sponsor, double check, that's what you want. Do I really want SA recovery according to their sobriety definition? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to follow direction? Um, and if I knew what I needed, I would not need to be here. Um, for me, um, agreeing to be someone's sponsee means agreeing to follow all of their suggestions, whether or not I think they will work for me. And to make a note, at least I've, at least 95, if not 99.9% .9 of what my sponsor suggests to me, I think they won't work for me and I can write a whole paper on it. It's like I could give tons of reasons. This will never work, um, especially not for me and da, 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 da. And I just could be really close-minded about it. But when I follow their suggestions, I grow, proving that I don't know what I need. Um, that has really amazed me along the time, along the way. Um, also, meeting in person or at least talking on the phone or on Zoom is extremely important. I've had potential sponsees want to text me only or email me only, and it's like, nope, uh, we need to figure something else out. I, I, I think texting and emails are okay, but they're supplemental um, and um, not the primary way of communication. Because uh, I know for myself, I can easily hide behind texts and emails and not share the real me, and even phone calls are easy to hide behind. Um, but yet sponsoring long distance, you know, it does make things more interesting. Um, be 100% honest um, and call your, call your sponsor. It's your job to call your sponsor. Um, unless, of course, your sponsor happens to be returning a call. And call on time. Um, the sponsor is not under obligation to give you more time because you were late or didn't show up. And I have had sponsors who are really strict and I've had sponsors who are not so strict that even though I was mad at them for not giving me the time, I also respected that they kept their boundaries. Um, go to meetings as much as possible, especially face-to-face -face meetings, which I know is difficult nowadays. Um, I found out at one point the importance of face-to-face -face meetings in a way I never could have realized before. I started in a different fellowship and they had no meetings nearby me at all. It was a much smaller fellowship. And, um, totally not essay related at all. And for almost a year in that fellowship, I only went to phone meetings. And then towards the end of that year, I finally went to a face-to-face -face meeting, which was six hours away from me. I happened to be in the area. And um, I was in complete shock. And this was, I had been an essay for um, five or so years at that point. So I knew full well what face-to-face -face meetings were. Um, but I was shocked how much in one hour of a face-to-face -face meeting that enhanced my recovery. Um, my recovery was helped more in that one hour at a face-to-face -face meeting than it was the entire year on the phone. 
And I was really shocked about that. So the moral of the story there is don't ever miss an opportunity to go to a face-to-face meeting or event and then be grateful. And it's probably, and, and these days it's probably something to write in your God book because it's not as easy to come by. Um, and be sure and pray every day. What I ask my sponsees to do is in the morning, ask for God's power to keep you sober throughout the day. And in the evening, asking for God's power to keep you sober in your sleep and in your dreams. And there was one time I did have problems in my dreams. And when I forgot, oh, that's when I had a hard time that night. Um, another thing, wow, it works. My sponsor told me something that works. Um, and there's also something about getting on your knees, even though it seems silly to me and religious to a point. Um, there's something about it that helps more. So I have my sponsors, if possible, to get on their knees as well when they pray. Um, reach out. Um, a sponsor is not your only lifeline. If something were to happen to your sponsor or they were going to go on a long vacation, what would you do? That is why I suggest to my sponsors to get at least a few people, five preferably, that know you well, and you can call and check in with without having to give your life story or because they, they don't know you very well. Um, read literature, do service work. Um, um, and service work, you know, in the beginning could be as simple as just showing up at a meeting. Um, one thing I've learned along the way is I can benefit from everybody's share at the meeting. I don't care if they're two minutes sober or 30 years sober. It doesn't matter. If, if I remain open-minded, and I do need to ask for God's power to be open-minded a lot of times because it's not natural for me, I can learn something from everyone in the meeting. Um, also realize there is no correct way of going through the steps. However, the Big Book of AA is the foundation of all the steps. And all of my sponsors along the way, including in different fellowships, and I'm not an alcoholic, um, have sponsored me using the Big Book and not primarily the literature of the individual fellowship unless used in a supplemental way. And there's also no correct length of time to work the steps. Some sponsors do it rather quickly, even within a few weeks, and others do it more slowly and take years. Um, the main idea is to do what your sponsor says as they are sponsoring you based on their experience, strength, and hope. Uh, also find out who your grand sponsor is and your essay heritage. Um, and for those who don't know, your grand sponsor is your sponsor's sponsor. And my current grand sponsor has, I've lost track, is 35 years or so of recovery, maybe 37 now, I think. She is my grand sponsor now, and she was also my first grand sponsor. But I've had different ones along the way. Um, and this was somebody I first met at an international convention and was introduced to many long-term sober essay members, including delegates and trustees. And this is where I first learned I wanted to someday be a delegate, which currently I am a Northwest delegate. It helps me to stick with recovery, knowing my family line and essay also. I think my sponsor has great experience, strength, and hope, and then I see where she gets it from, my grand sponsor. And they have even more experience with strength and hope. I also get to know my sisters whenever possible, or my sponsor's other sponsees, um, because it's you know, kind of like a big, happy essay family. And being connected helps me to continue to want sobriety and recovery, because I'm accountable to more people. And also as far as, you know, what helps me too is remembering where I came from. When I look back at my life, I remember what I was like before recovery. I can hardly recognize myself because I've changed so much for the better. And yes, oh my goodness, there's a ton of room to grow as recovery work is never done. Yet the last thing I want to do is go back where I was. When I'm tired of recovery, it helps me to go to a meeting and remind myself where I came from. So once again, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to stay sober and move forward in recovery. 
um, what to do if you're considering changing sponsors or firing your sponsors. Because really that's kind of, you know, more imprecise terms you're firing them. And um, one is ask yourself if you're truly doing your part by following your sponsor's suggestions. I often hear of others changing sponsors because they don't like what their sponsors suggest. They do or they're convinced it won't work for them. If I fired my sponsor every time I thought that or I was uncomfortable, I wouldn't be getting anywhere because I'm rarely comfortable. I don't think I've ever comfortable with what my sponsor tells me to do. Um, I almost always think what she's telling me to do absolutely will not work for me. And for me, growing in recovery means I'm uncomfortable. One of my sponsors had me write about my surrendering to being uncomfortable. And then when I was done, she said, welcome to recovery. Recovery is uncomfortable. Yet so worth it. When firing a sponsor, again, I like to use clear words, means choosing to no longer use your current sponsor with or without warning or explanation. And please, out of respect, if for no other reason, communicate with your sponsor if you are choosing to no longer use them as your sponsor. This not only helps them, but also new potential sponsors who could take your place if available. And um, there was one time that I fired my sponsor without communicating. I just left and went to another one. I do not recommend that because what this new sponsor did um, is she would not agree to be my sponsor until I, and this sponsor happened to be close by, um, um, but I, she would not agree to sponsor me until I went to my old sponsor's living room and made an amends in her living room. That was not easy. Um, it would have been much easier if I did it the right way. Um, but I have, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't communicate when they leave a sponsor, but that's really, you know, that might be something to make an amends on if you have done that. But um, that's one thing I learned through that sponsor is, you know, you kind of clean up after your own relationships and communication is one of those. As far as being a sponsor, um, when is it okay to start sponsoring? Are you further along in the steps in your sponsee? And it has helped me greatly to have sponsees just behind me in the steps so that it keeps me moving. Have you prayed and asked God about whether or not you should sponsor this person? Is it okay with your sponsor that you're sponsoring in general and sponsoring this person in particular? And generally, I would not say to sponsor until you're at least past step three and preferably past step five. However, I also think that each situation is an individual situation. So if someone asks you to sponsor them, talk to your sponsor. It might actually be the right time, even if it's not the ideal or perfect situation in your mind. The worst that can happen is your sponsor says not yet. It's important to be willing and allow God and your sponsor to help you decide. And what do I do if someone asks you, ask you to sponsor them? I never say yes right away. Um, because I minimally want time to pray about it and um, possibly talk to my sponsor as well. Because um, my first thinking doesn't ever get me anywhere to begin with. And then even if I do, um, I never, even when I, if I do agree to talk with them, I don't agree right away either. Um, I agree to talk with them and I spend usually up to an hour, depends, might be less, might be a little more about their history or what brought them to essay and if they make sure they want to say and that type of thing. And I, I tell them how I work as a sponsor and then, and then we decide to try it out together. And um, so in, in some ways it's, um, or it's just a, a trial period that technically all my sponsors are on trial as we have never really discussed permanency, but that is okay. Never know when someone's gonna need a change for whatever reason. And do not sponsor someone if you're not able to be completely honest with them and call them out on their stuff 
even when being honest is not good news to them. If you're afraid to talk to them, it is likely not a good idea to sponsor them. Important things to know about sponsoring. Be honest with your sponsor when you are where you are at in the steps. It's a sponsor's job to take the sponsor through the steps. A sponsor is not a friend, a teacher, a spiritual leader, a counselor, a therapist, a doctor or nurse, or any other kind of professional, even if you really do work in that profession. You are a sponsor guiding your sponsor through the steps and nothing else. All else is an outside issue, you know, look at Tradition 10. For example, I do have some professional training of sorts, but even if I have an opinion about my sponsor, I will not give it. Instead, I might suggest my sponsor go and get their own professional opinion, and I will let my sponsors know I will not speak to outside issues. Um, also, talk to them in person or on the phone, um, not with texting and emails primarily. Um, as I said, it's way too easy to hide, to hide in texting and emails, especially uh, in the Zoom meetings for me if I don't have my photo up. And sometimes there's a good reason for that, but um, just not, sit, not putting my photo up in Zoom is a way of hiding for me. Because um, I'm not being honest, I'm not showing people if I'm even paying attention to the meeting. Um, or who knows, I could be snoring for all I know. Um, so, you know, showing your face on Zoom is important or another way. And be sure you're available when you agree to meet and be on time. Um, it's definitely important for the sponsor to be available. And let your sponsor know right away if, if something comes up. And keep in mind the big book is the foundation of the steps. Please use it when you sponsor. And also, you can only sponsor based on your own experience, strength, and hope. In other words, if you have not done it yourself, do not ask your sponsor to do it. Or if you are not willing to do it yourself at the same time, if never before, do not ask your sponsor to do it. Um, and there are times I call my sponsors, but primarily when returning a call or um, also with my sponsors, I have them do check-ins, and I tell them, well, I may pick up, I may not. So randomly, I pick up and startle them, which is kind of fun. Um, I go, oh, you picked up. Okay, yeah. Yes, I did. I decided to pick up this time. Or I might call them if I hear something in their check-in that I'm concerned about. Um, Five minutes, Katie. Um, but thank you, Luke. Um, what to do, um, and also to be flexible. I have had, well, between international sponsors, where not every platform works in every country, um, and also I've had, I've worked with blind sponsors before, and I've also had a near-blind sponsor before, and things just don't work as easily. So flexibility and open-mindedness, even as a sponsor, is good. How is this going to work? And it, I normally just talk with them, and culturally speaking, it, it, it ends up taking more time to get on the same page as well sometimes. Um, but that's so to be flexible, open-minded. If your sponsor is not following direction, one, talk to them, um, possibly get a new agreement. Um, talk to your sponsor or other experience members. Um, also, there's something called a check meeting, um, which is, I, don't, I won't get into that, there's a pamphlet. But one time I had a check meeting on me, and what it involved is my sponsor and three other, or maybe four other very sober women. I gave my side of the story, my sponsor gave her side of the story, and they all gave their experience, strength, and hope on the situation. And, um, and let's just say I shaped up really fast. Um, uh, that's, yeah. And just being told about a check meeting, it's like I just about shaved up before it even happened because, oh, my goodness, that's the, those people are going to be on the line because um, I was being pretty rebellious at one point. Um, and if they still aren't willing to follow direction, that's probably not a good fit to sponsor. Um, and generally, I, I personally don't have time for those who are not serious about recovery, but I still have grace and chances 
Um, I have I need to decide when that how long that is sometimes. Um, and also generally I don't care how slow my stock is going as long as they're moving a little bit. And recovery is a journey, not a destination. Um, and it's interesting to me that um, is I mean we always talk about especially step forward when you have a resentment to pray for somebody. Uh, my sponsors have gotten prayed for it a lot extra because I'm usually hang up the phone. It's like, what in the world? Um, but, and I'll give the example of a couple things that have just like really ticked me off at the time but made me really angry. But um, I was asked to read, um, well, in one case, the acceptance chapter. There's been other things. The entire acceptance chapter, not just the last part, the entire chapter, for 30 days in a row. And if I missed a day, I was to start over. Well, let's just say that took me about four months or so. Um, and I was so mad every time I missed a day. But what was interesting, it was the last two days or so that I learned I had the biggest aha moment in the whole thing. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I needed to read it this long, even though it's such a long chapter and I'm getting tired of the story. Um, but it does take time to get things in my sixth goal, which explains why I have my sponsors read things at least three times before doing any writing on it. Um, and another thing I wanted to share that even made me more mad than this reading 30 days in a row um, was I had a sponsor ask me to write about similarities for I don't even know how many days and weeks. I think it was months possibly. Every single day, write a list of everybody I was around and how I'm similar to them, including if we go up, even, even people I ride in the elevator with. It's like, really? Um, and that just got to be such a pain. Um, but let me tell you that even though I hated it every second of the moment, it's just like I can't help but think of similarities now and how I'm similar to people and not different. So uh, that's that's about all I have um, for today. Um, I certainly greatly respect my sponsor, and um, I enjoy having sponsees. Um, and uh, thanks for letting me share. Okay, thank you, Arash. Um, how long did you say? Yes, yes, please. How long did you say the time? Uh, one and, and a half. Yeah. Okay, done. By which we give everybody the opportunity to, to say something. It is Arash's task to indicate when someone's time is finished and mine to intervene when someone's sharing deviates from the purpose of the meeting. Okay, now floor is open for sharing. Hi, I'm Daniel, sexaholic from Barcelona. Kathy, thank you very, very much, very much for your share. It was like a mini workshop crunched into 25 minutes for sponsoring and, and being a, um, a sponsor or a sponsee. And I'm just starting down this road. Um, I had one sponsee, but he kind of disappeared. Um, <laughs> and... Sometimes I feel bad about that, but then other times, no, I think he was looking for a counselor rather than working the steps. So maybe it's the way it should have been. But the current sponsee I have is really enthusiastic, and I'm seeing the rewards of, of that in me because it keeps me in the literature. It keeps me thinking. It keeps me going back over the steps, and it's, I'm, I'm beginning to see what everybody talked about. You know, when you get to sponsor somebody, what that does for you. So, but I just wanted to express my appreciation for, for your little mini workshop. And there's so much in there. 
that maybe it should be a little pamphlet or something that we could go back and refer to. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Fred, Fred, sexaholic from Detroit. Uh, I've been in the program about 12 years. I've had uh, three sponsors. Uh, The first year and a half, uh, I was my own sponsor, and we all know how that works out. Uh, Then I got my first sponsor, and he was my sponsor for about a year, and uh, I laid him off. Uh, He didn't call me. That's the reason, is that he just never called me. And then uh, my current sponsor I've had for nine and a half years, and I found out that uh, I was the problem because I didn't call him. And uh, I did make amends for that uh, to him. Uh, As I went through the steps, I think I did all the things that uh, uh, one needs to do, but it was really when my sponsor said, you know, he, he thought it was time I could start putting my hand up in a meeting and, and become a sponsor, and uh, it wasn't long, and uh, I had a sponsee, and then, boy, did the work begin for me. It's like I had to go through these steps all over again in my mind, before I could talk to my sponsee about going through the steps. So it's, it's a terrific program that, uh, that we have. And uh, I wish there was a little bit more on sponsoring, but uh, it works well. Thank you very much, Kathy. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris. Hi, this is Suzanne Sexaholic. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, and um, I really appreciate this uh, this this talk, uh, Kathy. Yeah, it really was a mini workshop, and uh, and it it helped me realize that I I think I'm enabling one of my sponsees, and it may be time to let her go. Um, and uh, um, and and I realized too that I don't pray for my sponsor, so I need to start doing that, and uh, and we'll gladly do so. Um, at, um, but thank you for uh, your really helpful uh, tips, I guess I would call them. <laughs> thank you, Zan. Good to see you. Hey, Kathy. It's Sasha. Hi, Sasha. How you doing, girl? Thank you so much for your share. I am so grateful that I got to finally hear you share after all this time and knowing you in program. Oh, it was so powerful. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity. And, you know, I really, really, really loved how how you were talking about honesty and how uh, if you're not ready don't sponsor, just don't even go there. And I love how I just, I love how you carried the message. You've been in program for so long and it sounds like you've been in program even a lot longer than what you actually say. And, um, I'm also in another program and like, you just started making me think of, okay, am I ready to sponsor my other program? If I've only been sober a certain amount of time. So you really got me to think. So 
I want to say thank you so much, and I hope to see you soon. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome, Sasha. Thanks. Thank you, Sasha. Hey, Kathy, it's Nisi. I'm a sexaholic. Um, it's so good to hear you. And um, I remember when you first came into program, and your changes are so huge. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's to me, one of the advantages of being around for a while. Um, it's, I really just have to say your changes are so huge. I also really, really like the way you've been involved in service for a long time. You know, now you're a delegate, but um, that sister's list, you know, that was a long time ago when that was started, you were working on that. So I, I appreciate that too. I've heard different folks share, you know, about this mini workshop. I, I wish I'd been, I really wish I'd been taking notes. Um, I'm really glad they, they recorded it. I, I would really like to go back through and take notes from both sides, being a sponsor and being a sponsee. And the challenge to continue to be honest um, is really important really important to me. I'll, you know, sponsees might feel really bad about reporting something. I was like, no, you're being honest. If you're honest, anybody can recover. Um, it's when you start hiding the secrets. But it's just, it's so cool just to see how you changed. Anyway, thanks for sharing. Thanks, Nancy. Good to see you too. Thank you, Nancy. Hi, Katty. This is Arash from Sweden. Thank hey, Arash. For your share and for your experience, um, really nice to hear you. And I was also actually thinking that, oh, I wish you could write this as a pamphlet or something so we could go through it like a checkpoint. But then I realized that it would be recorded. So I'm definitely will go back and listen to it and take some notes. Um, uh, just a short question. This is not from my time. Um, um, how do you deal with sponsors that uh, frequently relapsing, so-called chronic relapser? Um, um, would be nice to hear your experience on that. Thank you. Um, that's a tough question. Um, I know there is a saying going around. I don't know that it came from this fellowship or not, but about if your sponsor keeps relapsing, they fired you because it's obviously not working. Um, and I do have one of my sponsees right now is relapsing and not she's talking to me some, but not a lot. And I'm praying about what to do about that. Um, but yeah, it really is. Um, I'm certainly about giving grace. Um, I didn't used to be so much about giving grace. I've had really strict sponsors along the way. In fact, some of the guys have called some of my sponsors sergeants. Um, but, um, I worked away from being a complete sergeant that, um, there comes a point where it really isn't working. Um, and, um, in this case, I mean, I'm certainly open to being her friend or somebody to reach out to. Um, in fact, I need to respond to what happened this week with this person. I haven't done that yet. Um, but I'm not even sure that she really is ready for recovery or she really wants to do recovery right now. I'm not so just. Because if they're not if they're not willing to do the work, I mean, I'm not sure if they're willing to have a sponsor either. 
um, so that I definitely would have a talk with them and be really honest about it. Um, it you know, maybe minimally say, well, let's just, we can give it another try. And, you know, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. But um, it's it's not doing them any, any favors to keep hanging on to them when it's not working. You can still be a resource to them and not be their sponsor. Um, so I would say pray about it. Definitely talk to your sponsor, possibly other sober people. Um, that have experience, fix, and hope if you feel needed. Um, and definitely talk it out with your sponsor. You have some honest concerns. So, yeah, that's all I have. Thank you. This is Susie in Idaho. Good to see you and so good to hear you. Um, and what you shared was awesome. Um, a lot of really good, important information for both sponsoring and sponsee. I, I noticed too, um, the importance, you remind me of the importance of, uh, teaching our sponsees how to leave a sponsor. I think it's up to us as sponsors at some point, probably early in sponsoring a person to tell them now if you decide you would do better with another sponsor here's what you need to do and uh, i think it's our job to teach them that as well and i really liked hearing how your uh, one sponsor wouldn't start sponsoring you until you cleaned up things with your previous sponsor so that was a really good uh, reminder and lesson for me um, mostly i just want to say hello and thank you so much it's wonderful to hear you and hear you sharing today thanks Kathy. Thanks, Susie. Good to see you, too. Thank you, Susie. Hi, Kathy. This is Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi. Good to see you again. Um, yeah, I got a lot out of it also. A couple of things is to be 100% honest with my sponsor. And if I look at it over the past years, there has been one... I can't say I did everything perfectly, but there's, there's one thing that I really chronically for some time wasn't honest. And it was when I was dating. And the thing was, my sponsor told me to, um, to not have any physical contact while we were dating. So meaning no hands needed when we were walking. Yeah. But, I thought it was nonsense. And my, my girlfriend at that time also thought it was nonsense. So we did it anyway. We, we, we gave hands when we were walking and I didn't tell my sponsor. So I kept him in the illusion that I was following his suggestion for a couple of months. And I say that because I thought of it yesterday and I see today, because today, well, we're married for some years now and we both realized that we were very codependent, extremely codependent, and we both started working the pro, a program on codependency. And I think now that we, if I, maybe, if I had followed my sponsor's suggestion then, like 100%, it would probably have become more clear, this codependency. And now it, it, now it was confused and masked because of holding hands. Because as soon as I hold hands with a woman, my brain gets blank. Yeah, my emotions are all over the place. 
So it's one of the, I would say today, I, I heard somebody say a couple of weeks ago, do, uh, he also resented the sponsor for telling him how, how to date. I would say today, especially follow your sponsor's suggestion when it's about dating. I mean, I came in this fellowship because I'm a relationship people, I'm a sex addict, I'm a lust addict. And then when I start dating, all of a sudden I get resentful when my sponsor tells me something. Yeah. So that's a really, that was a really bad sign. Thank you for, for listening. Thanks, thank you. Thank you, Luke. The floor is still open if I have a few more wants to share. Okay, now, go, go on, Carrie. Uh, hi, Carrie, sexaholic from London, Canada. Um, thank you, Kathy, for your talk. Um, it was really great, and it made me come up with, like, a bunch of questions um, for my sponsor, and I just got a, um, in touch with someone, and we've had two phone calls, and they've been really great. And I realized that um, honesty is like super important. And I'm, I, I realized the importance of um, the phone call because when you text, you have more time to respond. And that allows for uh, more opportunity to not be honest. And in a phone call, uh, you 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 kind of have to be because it's obvious when you're pausing um um and but i i just appreciate everything that you said um as a new sponsee um and new to the program um i just i want i one of the things i realized um which i want to encourage all sponsors or people uh get uh who are in contact with people new to the program. I was really grateful for the first people that helped me um, because they said, you know, uh, make sure you call, make sure you make the call. And I can see how it would be it. I, in my eyes, I feel like the sponsor would be the one to call me, but because somebody two people told me it was up to me to call. That's the only reason why I knew that I was supposed to be the one to make that first call. I was the one that was supposed to ask. But if no one had told me that, I would not have known. So I think it's really important, uh, a piece of information that whenever there's somebody new to the program who hasn't found a sponsor yet, um, for the people who are in the program for a longer time to just uh, help those new people know uh, what to do. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Okay, from now on, fellows with uh, less than 30 days of sobriety also can share. Oh, oops, sorry, I, I forgot about that. 
that's okay. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.